Coming to you live from Pandora, it's the Hand Plus Podcast, where each week I, Jill Fricky, and my co-host, Tristan Mayer, break down this week in streaming. Uh, we kind of missed last week, you know, Tristan and I had some stuff going on, we couldn't really quite align our schedules in any way that made sense to drop a show, so we just said, you know what, we're not going to do a show this week. There wasn't much to talk about th- this week, or last week anyway, so we were like, eh, it's not a big deal, probably won't be much to talk about this week, but boy, were we wrong. Uh, s- streaming news went crazy. A uh, lot, of, lot of streaming news, uh, this is going to be a very news-heavy episode, uh, massive ramifications in the world of streaming can't wait to talk about it tristan how was your last two weeks in streaming yeah it's gonna be a really exciting episode not because of much that i watched i watched some stuff that'll be fun to talk about but yeah we took one week off and it looks like the entire streaming world kind of imploded in on itself joe so i feel like we gotta stop taking weeks off because as soon as we stopped doing an episode all of a sudden everyone's changing everything you know so yeah i knew hbo max was gonna be losing its title, you know, this week. So that was something that was coming. But a lot of this stuff kind of came out of nowhere, too. So it'll be a really exciting episode, kind of like a state of streaming kind of episode, even more than just what did you watch? It's sort of like all of a sudden everything has changed among these platforms. So it'll, it'll be a fun discussion and a lot of news. But I know you watched some stuff, too. So that'll be that'll be good, too. Yeah, we, yeah like I said, going to be heavy news episode. Uh, a little bit of stuff we watched. Uh, you know, I'm caught up on Bridgerton, mostly caught up on Queen Charlotte. Can't wait to give my quick thoughts on that. But let's kick it off with a streaming service we don't normally talk about, and that's Apple TV+. Tristan, you watched something called Silo. I don't even know what Silo is. Should I watch it? Should I avoid it? Is it a movie? Is it a show? What is it? Silo is a new Apple TV uh, TV show. It just uh, premiered a few weeks ago. It's, uh, it's not nearing the end of its season. It's kind of like wrapping things up it seems like it's only a couple episodes in but uh it seems like one of those kind of short run shows is going to be like eight episodes or something like that it stars rebecca ferguson and it follows this group of people who are living in kind of like this toxic future where their entire community lives inside of a giant silo and you're kind of following the day-to-day of these people as you're figuring out like how does this society actually function inside of a silo one thing and also another thing of like how did this come about like what is the world come to that people are living like this and what kind of like sci-fi things are happening what kind of mystical things are happening kind of uncovering the mystery box of the world that this silo takes place in and one episode by episode kind of like figuring out more and more about this really strange and compelling world so i really like this a lot uh it has that kind of like i said the mystery box kind of feel where it's you're kind of every episode getting more and more clues about what the silo is where they're at who the characters are kind of aligning to in the every episode kind of like gets bigger and bigger too you know even though you're stuck within the silo for the majority of it you know the plot seems to just get bigger and bigger and bigger so i'm curious as it goes along like do they wrap this up with actual cool answers like does this wrap things up completely by the end or is this like going to be a one season of many seasons you know so i'm really curious to see how it wraps up but so far these are really great questions and setups i think it's a really compelling uh way of like how society functions in, in this different environment and what similarities they have to our society what's uh, what's different but there's also you know actual sci-fi action mystery going around too so i definitely recommend it if you have apple tv plus and you're like what am i paying for this is it you know high production value it looks great i feel like everything apple has produced has just looked you know cinematic level quality even like uh ted lasso is a, a like a easy sitcom comedy but it's shot really well and it's like acted really well and apple puts some money into the, these these great shows that nobody seems to be watching or knowing about at all. <laughs> so I feel like they should be marketing this stuff more, you know, market this show because this is a great show that people should be watching while, you know, there's a lot not a lot to watch in some places. Yeah, I definitely feel like with the writer strike and everything going on, this is going to be very much a time of people just finding and discovering shows they didn't know existed. This could be kind of a relaunch for the next Breaking Bad, a show that was on AMC and about to get canceled until people discovered it on Netflix. This could, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a show on the verge, you know, if there's a show on the verge of cancellation that's well made, it's great, but especially we're coming into summer, especially, you know, we when we, got, when we start going into fall and there's really no new fall lineups, like CBS announced that Big Brother is moving from summer to fall. Uh, normally comes out late June. It's now coming out early August. Um, so 
I mean, that's kind of hinting. Don't expect a lot of new shows this fall. Don't expect your mm-hmm. favorite shows to come back this fall. So I think a lot of people are going to be out looking for, hey, what's a show people have been talking about that I need to be watching? What's, you know, I, th- I could see a lot of people looking at shows like Ted Lasso. It's a show people talk about. It's really well-made show, but I feel like it's one of those shows that people are like, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it, but it's not necessarily a top priority. Maybe that's just me speaking from my own experience, but Silent Yeah, that's one. definitely how I'm going to be watching too, especially like yep. for this show going forward. It might not always be like, what's the next big release of the next big drop? It might be this thing that I finally watched from two years ago that I've heard was good, or this random show like Silo that I didn't hear anything about, but I was just looking for stuff to watch, and I found this cool sci-fi show. I feel like that is... What you might be getting from this podcast for a little, like a few months here, depending on how this goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got a thing in the chat. Spinner58 says that they're postponing watching the Jeopardy Masters finale to watch live. So, hey, we preempted Jeopardy. We can always hang our hats on that. We appreciate it. We appreciate it, you know? Yep. We got to have some viewers. Yeah, if you got any questions, any recommendations, post them in the chat. If you're watching live on Twitch, if you're not watching live, you can tweet at us, uh, message us uh, at the hand plus. That wraps up Apple TV and kicks us over to Hulu. Uh, and Hulu got a little bit of small news. Uh, Bob Iger said a couple weeks ago, essentially, that it's basically it didn't really sound like he knew what was going to happen with hulu i thought for a while like okay disney plus is going to be like disney's more family-friendly content and hulu's going to be its more mature content but now disney plus has been adding you know r-rated movies so what's going to happen with hulu and i feel like it's essentially they're both going to be the same app but you can either pay for it and it's called hulu or pay for it and it's called disney plus I wouldn't be surprised if at some point Hulu, it's really only the Hulu live option, and that's all the difference is. Uh, but more recent news, a lot of shows have been dropping off, a lot of movies. Uh, the Hulu original Rosalind getting pulled. Uh, the FX original that's also made with Hulu, Why the Last Man has gotten pulled. Um, shows are dropping like flies, especially when they're Hulu original, and you can't get them anywhere. Um it's going to be lost content thing that, you know, unless you find some illegal torrent that somebody has saved on their computer, you're never going to be able to watch it again. Or they're going to slowly roll it out. Maybe, you know, an actor in that movie or an actor in that show gets popular again. They might throw it on there, but it's nothing that's going to stay on their content forever. I never really understood the reason, I guess, from pulling it other than it takes up server space. But I don't know why, like if Disney Plus is going to start trying to save server space, why they're not or same with Hulu, why these services aren't like, okay, let's just pull some of these bad movies from like 1955 that no one has ever clicked on. I think this it's definitely not about server space as much as it's about licensing and about royalties. You know, like if for Disney Plus, they pull stuff like Big Shot because they got to pay John Stamos royalties for every time they renew that contract. So if they pull it out now, they're saving on their annual cost because all of a sudden they don't got to pay John Stamos. They, they don't got to pay whoever has royalty to that show so a lot of these are getting pulled they're tied to big ips or they're tied to big stars that i feel like you're going to have big paychecks coming whenever the contract renews so i think it's a much more about that than uh, server okay. space because yeah, the server space doesn't really matter very yeah. much yeah i was always confused like what's the deal and why is this getting pulled but yeah that makes sense especially a movie like rosalind caitlin dever i'm sure she her agent negotiated her a nice contract considering she was kind of a rising star when that came out so yeah, I, and I only picked a couple off of Hulu that we talked about, but when you go down the list, a lot of them are like, oh, this celebrity hosts this reality show about this thing. <laughs> you know, so I, that's what definitely makes it feel like it's about royalties because they don't want to pay those celebrities the royalties for these random shows that people must not be watching very much. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You but know. It, it does suck. You know, I mean, we, uh, I know people who were, you know, someone who worked on Why the Last Man. We both yeah. do, actually. And, yeah. uh, it sucks that someone who worked on a show could potentially never see their work again. You know, like this was never released on physical media. Was it ever, it may not ever be able to be watched anywhere ever. <laughs> you know, and a lot of these shows like Willow is being pulled out Disney Plus. That's not where you're never going to be able to watch it again. If you're an actor who was on Willow as one of the young actors and you're trying to get a role and you say, oh, you know, go watch me in Willow. They can't watch you in Willow. You know, your, your work is gone now. And that's kind of sad. All to save the mouse some, some dollars in the end, you know? Yeah, it sucks. Uh, it kind of, you know, I, I know um, a lot of stuff got pulled from Viacom, and so, like, uh, Adult Swim Originals 
um, was it Space Ghost Coast to Coast got pulled from HBO Max, so uh, Adult Swim just put the entire series for free on the Adult Swim website, so it'd be nice if they at least did something like that, like, oh, Willow got pulled from Disney+, Plus, but we put it for free on Disney YouTube channel, so you can go on Disney's official YouTube channel and watch all of Willow for free. Yeah, I can see some of this stuff ending up on places like, you know, Pluto TV and, and Freebie, like that kind of thing, where it's a not on these paid devices, like, you know, HBO Max pulled some stuff uh, like Westworld, and now all of a sudden then it showed up on IMDb, or on Freebie now, you know, so I feel like they might pull a deal somewhere, Willow will pop up somewhere on something, you know, that's a, a well-produced show, and I feel like a recognized name, you wouldn't just toss it away, but yeah. who knows? The Roku channel, you know, who knows? <laughs> Put it somewhere, it was a good show, you know, and you guys should have watched more of it. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I think I started it and didn't finish it. All right, and over to Amazon. Surprisingly, not a lot of Amazon news and all this turmoil and craziness. However, we did get the uh, Amazon original movie Air, uh, directed by Ben Affleck, starring Ben Affleck, about Nike signing uh, Michael Jordan to his shoe deal. Uh, Tristan, have you reviewed it on the channel before and not just watched it? It's it's hard for me to remember everything. But I'm honestly on. trying to remember as well, but uh, this is my I watched it on Prime. I'm not sure if I reviewed it last time we had an episode or not, but I, we can talk about it again. Did you watch it, Joe? No, I didn't get around to it. I was too busy watching Bridgerton and Queen Charlotte. Yeah, I'm not sure if I did review it on the show or not, honestly, but yeah, it was honestly a really great, you know, legal dad drama. You know, I, I, I reviewed Tetris a few uh, weeks ago on here and this feels like a much better version of almost the same thing you know it's like a guys against the odds who want to secure the rights to this thing and it's like oh are they going to do it and you have all of these boardroom scenes where they're trying to like talk their way into these impossible deals and they get to, right to that moment where you think it's not going to go through and the music kind of picks up and you think oh they're going to miss it and then the guy will change his mind and they go oh yeah they changed the guy's mind and there's some great performances here i think matt damon and ben affleck both are great and they're both they're going to be talked about for Oscar conversations later on in the year. Viola Davis is smaller. She's in it, but a smaller role. And she's, uh, I could see being like a supporting actress runner potentially for this. Uh, but definitely one to watch for the performances. And not, you know, the story is exactly what you think it is. The guys, they want to get Michael Jordan to sign for the air. Spoiler alert, you know, he, he signs the thing. You know, you what? kind of know. Nike you made know a shoe beats. around Michael Jordan. <laughs> I had no idea. That's a spoiler. But this fills it in with a lot of fun, whether it is true. To facts entirely, I don't necessarily think. You no, know, Ben Affleck talked about how they improvise a lot of the, the scenes on set and the dialogue, but you know they capture the fun of this kind of a story and the underdog story of it. And yeah, it's one to watch. And I think Ben Affleck uh, is definitely on the comeback in terms of his creative endeavors. And I can't wait to see what he does after this because this seems to have won him back to the good graces of dads everywhere. You know, I know so many dads who probably watched this in in cold sweats and were thrilled by every second of it. And uh, my dad loved it too. He, I called it the barbecue dad movie before he watched it. And he said, yeah, it was definitely a barbecue dad movie. <laughs> but yeah, if you're a barbecue dad out there, check out air. Uh, definitely worth, worth the, the sit through. And even if someone who like me, who I know Michael Jordan, but I don't like care, <laughs> you know, like I know he's, he's a good ba basketball player and famous and stuff, but I'm not like invested in the bulls or basketball. And I, I was invested in this movie. I had a great time watching it and I learned some stuff about my own city in the, the, the time when I was a young kid at this point, but you know, my early youth. <laughs> uh, so it was a fun, a fun watch for sure. All right. Yeah. I didn't watch air, but uh, every couple weeks, every week or so a friend of the show, Jordan Wright will hit me with a text of like, Hey, recommend a movie to me. And I did, I recommended air to him uh, last weekend, the weekend it came out and this is his review. So, you know, somebody else other than Tristan or myself, really good movie, eight and a half out of 10 cast crushed it dialogue was excellent and they made the 80s look so unbelievably cool maybe a little too feel good at one point but the drama worked out too overall really happy well done movie so if you want just the average i mean not that tristan and i aren't the average person but if you want someone who doesn't host a podcast opinion that's what they said so i feel like if you're gonna go you're gonna go into it you're gonna enjoy it, it may not be your favorite movie of the year but i doubt you'll think it sucks and that's coming from someone who hasn't seen it I, I'm sure you'll love it, Joe. It'll be your favorite movie of the year, probably. Probably, you know. I'm a. I like most of Ben Affleck's movies. I haven't seen *Live by Night*, but all of the ones I've seen uh, are great. And it's really the only one I haven't seen of his. So, you ready to move on to Disney Plus? 
Let's do it. What do we got for Disney Plus? We kind of touched on it, but uh, what do we got? A lot of news. Uh, I mean, this is mostly came out last week, but here we are. We didn't have a show last week, so we're talking about it this week. Uh, Loki season two is coming October sixth. Uh, delayed from the summer, um, maybe because of the writer strike plus Jonathan Majors. We also had some uh, Jonathan Majors related news coming out. Some it basically it was released that. Uh, originally his character Kang the Conqueror wasn't supposed to have such a big role in this phase in the next phase of Marvel but they loved his performance in Loki so much they essentially pivoted and made him the big bad and now they're probably regretting that decision because of all of the allegations against him so... I feel like that story is more of a cover to my mind because that seems more of like a, a Hollywood daydream story of like oh the whole entirety of the Marvel Empire shifted because he was just that good, you know, in, in the in the show. I, you know, I feel like they already had King, and now they're lining it up to shift away from King, and they want to kind of be like, well, we didn't really need King, yeah. you know. I I wonder because there was some some conversation online that maybe they're going to be pivoting away from King and moving into some other character to kind of lead the multiverse saga rather than recasting Jonathan Majors into some other actor. And I wonder if maybe they're going to go that direction. But yeah, I that's something to find out in Loki season two. Maybe by the end of Loki season two, uh, Kang is defeated by replaced by somebody else. Maybe we have a variant that shows up by the end of season two, but we're going to have to wait a little longer, it looks like. Yep. All right. And the series Echo, spinoff of the Hawkeye series, is coming out November 29th with the whole series dropping at once, which is a little interesting. Disney Plus, I think, for every other show, has done a week week-to-week release. And they're dropping the whole thing at once, which leads me to believe it probably sucks. And they just want the news in and out quickly. But they've also had other Disney Plus shows that weren't that great. And they didn't just dump them all at once. Namely, Book of Boba Fett. Um, so, do you think this is why? Do you think there's something else where, like, they were just kind of pinned by the release schedule? Of, like, the show had to come out after a certain Disney Plus project, movie, or TV show? And then, but it also had to come out before something else. And they're like, you know what? The only release schedule that doesn't look like chaos is releasing the whole thing at once. Yeah, I thought about maybe it's some MCU plot related thing. You know, they had to come out before some other MCU thing. But I looked at the schedule and that doesn't really line up. You know, uh, this is after the release of the Marvels and way before the release of anything else. So it doesn't seem like it's going to run into any of the movies or any of the shows. To me, it feels like. Either one, a quality thing, like you mentioned, they're probably... Either way, I'm not expecting this to be the top tier of the Marvel shows, you know? I think it'll be, like, a fine, solid little action-adventure show, but I don't know. I just don't have my hopes for this. I, I, I enjoyed Hawkeye, but it wasn't the best either, and I don't really want to spin off of that. It wasn't necessarily Echo, but any of the character, any thing that was, like, a spinoff of one of the weaker Disney Plus shows, I would be like, why do I want to watch this? You didn't you didn't convince me the first time, you know? And Echo was a fine part of that show, but I didn't leave that show being like, I want more of that character. And if anything, I felt a lot of tonal whiplash between the show I was watching and her scenes. So I, I don't have a lot of confidence in this show, but I think another option they could be going is just to test out the different drop model. You know, I feel like we've criticized mm-hmm. Netflix for always going week to week, always going drop, you know, the whole season at once, not going week to week ever, not even trying it with some of their bigger shows and how it's stinking stuff like Stranger Things to being talked about for a weekend and not really after that. And I wonder if Disney Plus is just saying, hey, look, we have this show. It's not our best. It's all right. But let's test a, a one-time drop and see if that, you know, gets big resurgence. People are talking about it all weekend. You know, maybe that's something they want is rather than people kind of mummering about it once a week here and there, they want everyone's talking about it all the time for one weekend. You know, that might be a bigger hit for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's also possible. Like, Hey, let's dominate this weekend instead of not really dominating anything. Yeah. And th- I, I do wonder though, cause we, we talked about the writer's strike and how people f- are desperate for content long-term. It feels like a weird time to be like, let's just drop all of the show <laughs> rather than drag it out while you got it, you know? And they may feel like Echo is such a small character and a character no one really knows. They appeared in a couple, They appeared in the Hawkeye show, but it may feel more like if we drop it all at once, it'll feel more like an event where if we parse it out over time, is it going to feel strong enough for people to watch? 
but other uh, Disney Plus news, we got the first four Indiana Jones films plus the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles are coming to Disney Plus on May 31st, just in time for Dial of Destiny. Perfect timing. Uh, I feel like everyone knows the Indiana Jones movies. I don't really need to talk about them. However, I feel like enough people haven't really watched the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. It's a show I've wanted to watch for a while, but it's basically always been on some random streaming service that no one has and you have to pay a bunch of money for, but it's finally coming to Disney+. Plus. Sean Patrick Flannery, who people may know uh, from Boondock Saints plays Young Indiana Jones. Um, some other actors people may know you have uh, Jason Fleming uh, who's been in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels he was uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen he's in the show uh, Timothy Small or Timothy Spall sorry who people may know as um, um, uh, Wormtail from Harry Potter We'll just go with Wormtail. I can't remember his character's actual He's name. He's got Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew, yeah, people may know. And then also Jeffrey Wright, uh, who is in the recent Bond movies. He's also in the most recent Batman movie, uh, playing Commissioner, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, he's in Westworld. He's the voice of uh, the Watcher in in Marvel's uh, What If series. Asteroid City coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and also... Just premiered at Cannes today. Yep. And finally, Pernilla August, whose name may not ring a bell, but she is the actress that portrays Shmi Skywalker in the Star Wars prequels. Oh, also, nice. Also is in uh, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. So that's probably how or why she got cast as Shmi, because George Lucas knew her through the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Star Wars lore right there. Yep. And then also Mandalorian Season 4. No one really knows what's going on. Maybe it got delayed. Maybe it didn't. It sounded like it was all pre-written long ago in preparation for the writer's strike but then the production schedule got delayed so who knows if or when that's coming out maybe john favreau was taking the script in a different direction and then he saw what people liked and didn't like about season three and he's like oh this may be giving people more of what they didn't like in season three so i'm gonna pivot a little bit who knows they can take as long as they want i'm not itching for it you know i was not loving the and i i liked season three i don't think it wrapped up in any way that made me care about where they go next you know so they can take two three years i just hope they come back with something that is really great and really lives up to the hype and will, will like pull people back into talking about this show like it's something exciting you know talk about an event this didn't feel like an event at all in season three so if they got to take four or five years make it feel like an event when it comes back yep yeah, and then a little bit more of what we talked about before of disney removing content um to cut streaming costs like we said shows like big shot and other shows that maybe aren't as popular but they have big names attached to it so it's going to cost cost them money to renew these contracts so these shows yeah just... the world according to jeff goldblum a big loss i really enjoyed that show a lot you know that was and it's sad to not be able to watch that again that and the mandalorian felt like the big marquee shows when disney when disney plus launched uh, a few years ago so star girl also was a launch title for disney plus both both star girl and the sequel star girl goes hollywood whatever it was is is deleted turner and hooch also, an early launch title for Disney Plus. Cheap Rather Dozen, Joe, uh, with the best movie of the of last year, I believe. That movie sucked ass. Gone from Disney Plus. That movie was garbage. That movie ruined. That movie made Disney Plus less than what it needed to be. Well, you don't got to watch it anymore, Joe, because according to Disney Plus, it never existed. It's gone that, forever. It, what what movie? What Cheap Rather Dozen? We can make one. Yeah, the the most recent Cheaper by the Dozen movie had Steve Martin. All right. Classic. Um, we have Avatar: The Way of Water is coming to Disney Plus June seventh. Great movie. Uh, I saw it with my future brother-in-law, uh, in theaters. I really liked it. I think it's better than the first Avatar. It's. I'm long. so hyped to watch it again. Yeah, it's long, but you don't really feel the length. Yeah, I thought it was incredible. I can't wait to watch it again. It's coming out on 4K and Blu-ray on the 20th of June too. So if you want to hold off and get yourself that 4K copy for yourself i'm probably gonna do i mean i'm gonna watch the disney plus too but i'm also gonna go buy myself a 4k because it was that good of a movie so if you held off and you were like oh the first one that was all right you know i really got the second one check it out i like it way more than the second one and uh i really thought it was just like a great spectacle of like what a action blockbuster could be and what like the future of the genre could look like you know because 
people look at Avatar now and they think, oh, it looks like every other, you know, sci-fi blockbuster, but it didn't when it came out, you know, nothing looked like that when it came out and everything after that kind of copied Avatar, right? So I watched this and I'm super excited for like, what are, what's the next decade look like of all the movies that are inspired by this one that come out and try and recapture the magic of this movie. So check it out. And I, I, everyone seems, it seems like everybody watched it according to the, the box office, but if you were one of the holdouts, it's on Disney plus in a couple, couple of days here. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't bring back the, like, launch of 3D. Because, like, when the first one came out, it seemed like every movie was 3D for the next seven years, seven, eight years. And then I'm like, okay, it kind of died down a little bit. And I'm like, when this comes out, it's going to be the same way. But you really don't see that. Like, I don't even know of any movies that really come out and are 3D anymore. For me, I feel like the implication of this movie is the prime, like, the the prestige theaters. You know, like the IMAXs and the Dolby's Mm -hmm. and stuff like that because whenever i go see blockbuster release movies now like the flash i'll go to buy tickets and the dolby and the imax are nearly full within like a few days of going on sale or whatever but then you go to the regular theater and there's like four people you know and i feel like stuff like john wick 4 made tons of money off of imax and dolby screens and then you know a couple weeks later it dropped off by like you know 70 percent because it lost those screens so I'm wondering if we're going to see a huge boost of like yeah. come to AMC because we have like, you know, five IMAX screens and four Dolby's instead of 18 little tiny theaters. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, AMC near me is doing a massive remodel and apparently they're like cutting back half their screens. So um, I think that's going to be the feature for a lot of the theaters cut the number of screens and make the screens you have bigger and better. So people feel like they're going for an experience not to right. go see something that's a little bit bigger than the TV at home. Yep. And then the last bit of news here, Home Improvement, uh, the Tim Allen 90s classic sitcom coming to Disney Plus on June Hey, you know, as a Michigan native, like that show was our life, you know? (laughs) Like, they were close by uh, Northern Illinois. We were in the the area. So, yeah, we watched so much of this. I can't, this is like one of the most watched sitcoms of my life, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, I feel like June 28th comes, and I'm going to be watching Home Improvement on Disney+. Plus. Like, honestly, this news gets me more excited than probably anything else we've talked about. Because this was, has not been streaming anywhere for the long, like, every, probably every six or seven months, I'll get, I'll have a thought of Home Improvement, and I'll be like, where is this streaming? And I'll look it up, and it ain't streaming anywhere. Maybe on Amazon, <laughs> but you'd have to, like, buy or rent it. And now that it's on Disney+, Plus, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh I watched so much of this as a kid. Uh, give me a Tim Allen sound, Joe. What, give me, give me that noise he makes in the show. You gotta give it to me. I'm good. I'll pass today. <laughs> no, he calls himself a fan. Calls himself a fan. You know, it is what it is. Uh, and Who? the la- yeah, sure, <laughs> that. Um, and then, uh, last bit here is Ant-Man 3 Quantumania recently got put on Disney+. Plus. I know you watched it. You're not a big fan. Me and my fiancé put it on before we fell asleep, but I fell asleep like 10 minutes in, but what I saw it didn't exactly impress me much, so. Yeah, there's stuff I liked. You know, there's scenes I liked, but definitely not the most exciting start to this era. And, you know, with, with all the drama on top of it, I feel like this is going to go down as one of, you know, the bigger flaps and the bigger kind of, like, duds within the MCU. Hopefully they can pick things up from here and make it better. But if this is a sign of what we're in for, especially with like the the state of writers in Hollywood, I'm like, is this the is this the quality of the scripts we are looking for? Because <laughs> I hope not. But the writer of this movie was attached to write King Dynasty and Secret Wars, but he got fired a couple of days ago. So there's some good news, I guess. You know, no more of Jeff Loveless writing your Marvel movies. He's out. <laughs> See, I was close. Look at that. I was like right on for that. Look yeah. at that. Wait, I wish this show had sound bites. I would include that somewhere. I don't know where, uh, where that would go. But we'd have more sound bites. Anyway, I know I derailed our uh, Quantum Mania conversation, but yeah, for season two about, we got sound bites. Everything I've heard about that show is that, or that movie is that it sucks. So I don't care. Fuck it. Yeah, not not a great one. All right, Disney Plus is over. One thing I forgot to mention: Hulu, uh, part or er, season two, the second half of How I Met Your Father just came out this last week. Uh, Clark Gregg appears, uh, kind of in a character that he not normally doesn't play. 
Uh, but I, I feel like this show has definitely found its groove. It's similar to How I Met Your Mother, but it's slightly different. And I can definitely hear the rapper or whatever that Tristan's messing with in his hands or something. It sounds like it sounds like you had something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, if you're a How I Met Your Mother fan, check out How, How I Met Your Father. That's all I had to say. I forgot about that when we were in Hulu because I didn't write it down. And Disney Plus is over. And now we move to... Paramount HBO, Plus. Just oh. Max. Uh, HBO is no more. Uh, it's Max. Just Max. A uh, lot of content, I guess, but mixed reception. I know they basically have a new app now uh, if you have it on your phone. But if you go to try to watch anything on it, it really doesn't work. Why they couldn't just <laughs> rename the app, I guess, is beyond me. Um, also, Avatar: Way of Water also dropping on HBO Max June seventh. So if you only ha- if you want to watch the movie and you don't have Disney Plus and you only have Max, uh, n- worry not because you can just watch it on Max. Um, yeah, let's go back to this just Max thing. It's yeah, dumb. I gotta talk about the main it's thing. Dumb. You know, it's the main thing. It's dumb. It makes no sense. What is Max? No one knows. People knew what HBO Max was, but what is Max? What I mean, you so you have so many brands. You know, not just HBO. You own Warner Brothers. Like you couldn't think of anything interesting within either one of those names. Come up with you know. And I thought that was funny that the tagline on the initial ad and the initial posters was Max colon the place to watch HBO or something like that. And it's like I feel like there could be a, a easier way to convey that information. You know, but. In terms of the actual interface of the app, I do feel like it's about a major downgrade compared to where HBO Max was at. This feels like you know, like a beta app or something. You open it up and there's just no life or no style. It's like the most empty colors. There's no character. It it really, I didn't. I'm not a fan of way it's looking. You know, it feels like a downgraded Netflix. It has, uh, you know, those randomly generated looking categories that are like literally LOL'd, and you go through it. And it's like Scorsese or something, and it's like. Did you LOL though in that? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what to think of this, Joe. It looks, the one thing I will say though is if you're purely going by content, this is by a mile the best streaming platform out there right now. This has the best and the most movies, the best and the most TV shows. You know, all so many of the all-time classic movies, all-time classic TV shows are all on here and a lot of them are only on here. So in terms of actual A to Z, what's on the apps, like this is, buy none the best and the most value for your money like it looks like a lot of money to be paying like 20 bucks a month or whatever but netflix is not as not that much cheaper at this point anymore you know uh so i feel like to me i'm at, I'm at two of minds because i really do not like the way this app looks and the way it kind of throws things at you in this ai generated algorithm looking way that buries so much of the good and important films and movies they have or films and tv shows they have on this app I but it's all there. <laughs> I'm getting my money's worth if I know where to look, but it's it's not guiding you in their best directions. So I'm I'm nervous about what the future of this extremely content looking app looks is. You know, it very much looks like you are just opening up an app to consume something, and it gives you all of the stuff to consume. It, it has just nothing, not any personality or art to it. And I'm I'm scared. I'm hoping this is just because it's like day one. You know, it's like day two or three at this no. point, but. Not a fan of the way it is right now. I'm about to go on a rant because I just opened Max for the first time. You know, I, I, you got to tell me what it put as your first thing to recommend. Because... Uh, the Tina Turner documentary. Oh, um, okay. Well, it's changed because of real life, but it was not that. But yesterday. Here's here's what it's saying though. This is a. I literally opened this app, downloaded it, opened it, and I didn't have to sign in, which was peculiar. Why didn't I have to sign into an app I've never installed or downloaded before? Then it gave me the option to continue watching a different world. <laughs> How do I continue watching something I've never watched on your app? So literally, this is just, they literally just cloned the HBO Max app and renamed it instead of just renaming the app you already had. So now I have to download a new app for no reason whatsoever. It's dumb. It makes The problem no too was, uh, I don't know about you, but on my Android phone, day one, I opened up HBO Max to watch Barry on my off time and... Oh, HBO Max is gone. You gotta download Max. Click this link. So I clicked the link. It brings maybe to the Play Store. This app's not available yet. Please wait. It's like, oh, 
So for like a whole day, I just did not have HBO on my phone <laughs> and I couldn't watch what I wanted to watch. You know, but I wish they just cloned it though, because this app is worse than HBO. It's like HBO had those really organized hubs, you know, for the DC and for Studio Ghibli and for Turner Classic Movies. And th- this is like a big super soaker of stuff. And you got to scroll like way, way, way down to get to what they call like brands of spot, brand spotlight or the most like, you know, corporate way of saying it possible brand spotlight i think is what it is called and this has like dc on there but it doesn't yeah why not put that at the top why not make it look cool why not put you know like a huge batman logo you can click on that says dc you know make it look like something that's cool and engaging when you launch hbo when you launch max you want to feel like you're launching something cool and prestige not you know your little your like digital library of stuff you know that's my biggest critique. There's just not a lot of character to this, not a lot of like meaningful organization to where things are. Yeah, it it's just bad. It's it. I'm just perusing the app now, and it's a horrible app. It's dumb. Uh, don't use it or use it. I don't really care. It's a bad app, and I don't understand any of the reason for anything that they've done. It's stupid. Yeah, I don't know why they're they're floundering. They have, like I said, the best library of any of these apps by millions of miles, and yet they're they're like struggling to get that out to people, and it's frustrating because they have so much there, and if they could just get it to work correctly, it would be a great app, and I would have all the movies I ever wanted to watch. I wouldn't even need any other streaming platform. To be honest, like if I could cancel all but one, I would probably be keeping HBO Max or keeping Max, but. They got to get their design together. You know, this interface is not friendly. It's not. I don't like it. I'm already done talking about this. We're not Let's talking do it. about Max. Where are we going? And uh, you watched the Tina Turner documentary. I did not watch it today, uh, but I watched it a while ago, and I wanted okay. to recommend it based off of, you know, today's news of her passing. This is definitely a great documentary to l- learn about her career. It's a very much by the numbers music documentary you know you know exactly what you're going to get you're going to get the typical beats of like here's the beginnings and here's some of the personal struggles and then you know kind of like the rises and the falls of someone who dealt with so much and tina turner dealt with so much she's one of those you know true blue like come and and to, to the music industry and kind of like rising up to fame and huge stardom and kind of like the, the downfalls that come with that you know so i definitely recommend this documentary if you're uh, looking to reminisce about the highs of her career, some of the some of the unfortunate personal lows, but also just ultimately just to celebrate this woman and her her career. This documentary feels like that, and I I definitely am going to be watching this later tonight or tomorrow. But yeah, rest in peace, Tina Turner, an icon, a classic, you know, of all time, performer and singer. So check out this documentary if you want to get some perspective on why she was such a big and remembered talent today. Yeah. Um, my fiance will probably be interested in that. Uh, probably get her to watch it. You know, we'll see how that goes. I always say, "Oh yeah, my fiance will watch it," and then I just forget to even tell her it exists. So, you know, I also want to get hyped for the Barry and Succession dual feature. Uh, HBO is finaleing two of the best shows they've had in in many, many, many years on the same night. You know, I I don't remember the order. I think it's Succession then Barry, but it might be the other way around. I don't even actually remember. Uh, which order they go in because I just watch them on the app, you know, but uh, it's going to be great to watch how both of these shows end. And I feel like they're both building up to really great and compelling finales. I don't want to spoil any of these shows, you know, but I feel like both of them have become these huge cultural phenomenons right at the end of their runs, you know, almost like Breaking Bad, where Breaking Bad was this humble show that was getting some good ratings, but then within its last season or two, all of a sudden it popped off as this big thing and I'm feeling the same energy for both of these shows. And people were talking about them early on. They were winning some awards here and there, but the fever pitch of hype I feel around this last season for both of these shows is really exciting. And I can't wait to log on to Twitter and see how people are reacting to both of these shows this weekend. And we don't, we don't talk about marvelous Miss Maisel, but that show is also a streaming original that's finaleing this weekend. So a lot of uh, big award darlings that have won a bunch of stuff and been huge successes for their platforms are, Wrapping things up this week. All right. Yeah, I don't watch either show. I'm a horrible human, so it is. What the it Flash is. is also finaleing this week, marking oh, yeah. a, a, saw... a large end of the of the CW. Yeah, I think that's kind of the last of the CW DC shows, isn't it? 
I think there might be a couple of spinoffs floating out there somewhere, you know, uh, but I think it might be the last and definitely the last of their big tent pulls. So a shifting of, of the CW for sure, while DC is also oh, shifting yeah, itself. Yeah, because I heard Superman and Lois was originally on, on HBO Max and then it got moved to the CW. And now the rumor is that it's going to move back to Max. That's what I've heard. We'll see. Maybe it'll be a different name by then. Uh, who knows? Um, or maybe it'll just be HBO. Like they'll put it on HBO, but it won't be on Max at all. Um, other HBO news: Conan O'Brien must go. Uh, ordered to series. If you don't know what this is, uh, Conan O'Brien has a podcast. Conan O'Brien needs a fan, where fans of his basically can call in, talk to him live, talk about their lives. You know, they have interesting, cool stories, and Conan, you know, talks to them directly. Well, his show on max conan o'brien must go is him going to his fans that have called in and essentially surprising them at their door and just being like hey what are you doing today because i'm going with you um i saw the trailer trailer looks fun uh i'm excited to watch it i back when i had a job where i could listen to podcasts while i work i listened to uh his podcast um it was really fun uh i didn't really watch his late night show that much but uh, I'm definitely going to be watching this show. Yeah, we check it out. It sounds like a fun premise for sure. To see the reactions and stuff like that. And... Yeah. yeah, Conan O'Brien is very good at just being like off the cuff and just just reacting to what's around him. So I think this is a great vehicle for him. I feel like even someone who lives a boring, mundane life, where they're like, "Oh, what are you doing today? Oh, I was just gonna like go get coffee and buy groceries." I feel like he could still make that fun and entertaining. Yeah, he'll find a way to make. It. I was gonna watch TV in my underwear all day, funny, because he'll just like find something to comment about in their house or their living situation or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then a uh, little bit of news: Penguin, uh, the spinoff series of the recent matt reeves robert pattinson batman movie has been delayed i feel like this is writer strike related um yeah it's gonna be one of many shows i'm sure that is i mean so many shows have been delayed at this point it's almost like not news when yeah. a show gets delayed but this is a big highly anticipated show that was just starting production and a lot of rumors swirling around who was in it and stuff like that and now i'd rather they delayed than kept going at least you know because mm. something like that i feel like needs to be tooled into something mm compelling you know because that could easily become the most boring show of all time with, with bad writing you know yeah. all right now we're at peacock uh five nights at freddy's trailer uh reveals an october 27th release date uh simultaneous to theaters tristan have you watched this trailer yeah i saw the trailer it? actually in theaters before fast and furious 10 uh a feature classic right there but uh i'm wondering if five nights at freddy's would be a feature classic it looked pretty interesting josh hutcherson from uh the hunger games who play uh played out of the the i think the main love interest like the blonde guy from the hunger games he paid his name, i can't remember i haven't Pita. even watched hunger games and i knew that <laughs> he's the love he's the main character in five night at freddy's it follows the plot of the game you know he's a security guard coming in to be an overnight at this Chuck E. cheese uh kind of situation if you saw the nick cage movie a few years ago uh, it was similar. It's kind of that was almost like Willis a ripoff Wonderland. of this. Yeah, uh, Wally's Wonderland yeah, was so sort of like a play on on this premise, but this one has him uh, stuck in this in this uh, place with all these like living living creatures that are walking around. Are they robots? Are they aliens? Are they monsters? You gotta watch the movie to find out. But I'm wondering if they're gonna stick to the lore of these games because believe it or not, they do have like an extensive amount of lore and story and characters to them. Uh, but I'm hoping they kind of do their own thing with the with the idea of Five Nights at Freddy's because mm. sure the lore is there, but I'm I'm betting like, like two percent of the people who are gonna watch this movie even know what the lore exists, you know. So who cares about the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's? Make it a good movie and hopefully it's good just in time for Halloween. I'm I'm ready to watch it. All right, now that wraps up Peacock over to Paramount Plus. Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves is that already on Paramount Plus? It is. It's uh, oh, believe it or not, odd Paramount Plus. Very quick, quick turnaround. Turn very quick turnaround. I wanted to watch that movie. I've never really played Dungeons and Dragons. I don't. I kind of have a rough idea of what it is, but the movie itself looked fun. It looked interesting. Is it good? It's actually very good. It's a really fun action adventure. I feel like this genre of like the big stunt cast level people and like a sword and sandals kind of epic is almost like not around anymore. You get stuff like, you know. 
exodus gods and kings and like these attempts to be that but they're all like so self-serious that it doesn't really work and i feel like what makes this work is that it has that perfect blend of serious stakes and serious circumstances and a serious world but uh there's still that evident that element of like fun you know because there is that layer of you don't really they don't really talk about it that much but you get the idea that like this is a D campaign playing out you know and there's these moments here and there where there's meta jokes maybe a character will like not show up for a long time and then all of a sudden pop back up again because you wonder maybe the player had to like go to somewhere that session so he wasn't able to play for a little while or something like that or like and a lot of the spells and a lot of everything in that the characters and the creatures are all lore to dungeons and dragons you know so even the creatures and the spells they're casting if you know the game you're going to be like oh i know that spell i know how it works and they're going to follow the rules of how it works and i feel like that's a lot of fun but if you don't know any of that you're still having a blast watching this sword and sandals adventure with like a really charismatic cast and really fun kind of like quips and things like that so it feels like a, a really fun movie i i played dungeons and dragons for a while like i was on a campaign that lasted a year or so so i knew the i knew some of the references and stuff like that but i wasn't picking up the deep lore and for me i had a blast and i feel like joe you would still like it even even just as much as me because there's references and stuff but it does not at all hinder on like you knowing dungeons and dragons at all right so i feel like it's definitely worth it it's like you know you can watch lego movie without knowing like lego <laughs> you know yeah. you, you got to know like all the lego sets and all the lego like re- references they're making you're just liking it because it's a good movie but it happens to have legos you know and this feels the same way that we're using this ip that's recognizable and everything within it is recognizable to that ip but if you don't know it it's still great all right yeah it definitely looks fun i feel like you know everything i heard it's not like oh if you're not a hardcore dnd person you're not really going to understand this movie I feel like it's very kind of like general audience, but if you're a D&D person, then you're going to get a lot more of the jokes and a lot have a lot more understanding of what's going on. But you don't need to play it to understand everything that's going on. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And I would be curious if you ever end up watching it, what you thought it would, because yeah. I think you'd, you'd have a blast. All right, well, I got a three-day weekend coming up, so I could probably sneak some of these in. Air, Dungeons & Dragons, you know. Let's go to Netflix, but first, before we talk about news, let's do a little reverse order so we can end on the news and talk about the content. Uh, I've mentioned it before. Uh, Tristan reviewed it a little bit last week, uh, but my fiance and I, in the last two weeks, have binged um, all two seasons of Bridgerton and all but the last season of Queen Charlotte. Uh, Bridgerton takes place around... I believe the early 1800s about this family, essentially the Bridgertons in, um, you know, old fucking England (laughs) and every season, I wasn't really sure what it was going in, but every season essentially focuses on a different child in the Bridgerton family and kind of their love story. It's based on like dime store novels about like dime store romance novels um but they you know added stuff to it to make it a little more compelling a little more interesting going in i didn't feel like i'd care about this show but my fiance and i enjoy it together i'm not gonna sit here and tell you it's the best show ever i'm not gonna sit here and tell you it's gonna win any handies at the end of the year but for like a hey coming home from work relax and chill and need to throw something on it's a pretty good show you know, chilling on the weekend, you want to look at your phone every once in a while. It's a pretty decent show. It's not going to, you know, set the world on fire and be like, everyone is going to copy this show in the future. But it's well made. It's interesting. You know, it's got a little heat to it. Um, I, Like, it's a solid, like, six and a half, seven out of ten. You know, it's not Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a, uh, a big fan of this one. I love the kind of tone of it, and... I've mentioned before, but it kind of feels like Downton Abbey meets Gossip Girl. Do you feel like that's an app comparison after after watching the show? Do you feel like you I can't? Understand? I can't agree with your statement because I've never seen a single episode of Downton Abbey or Gossip Girl. So, ah, uh, well, it's a nice blend of those two, you know. And I, I like the structure too of each season focusing on a different member of the household. It makes it kind of breaks it up from really dragging out plot lines because you feel like they've essentially got to wrap up like that core romance by the end of the season. Something that can be so frustrating about romance shows like this is that you can't just have them get together right in the first season they got to kind of make that 
last, but on this show, they can get together in the first season because that's the season, you know, and you're going to have, of course, like background plots that keep going throughout all of these seasons, but I feel like it gives them a nice pace where you're not, they're never dragging the feet at all any time in the show. I feel like that's something I really mm. appreciate. Every episode feels like it's moving things forward and moving the plot forward and not kind of just like sitting there. Uh, performances I also think are really fun. They all kind of like, you know, live on that tone of like that Lifetime movie. They're taking it all very seriously yeah. and it kind of adds to the camp of it where very ridiculous things are happening, but everyone is taking it like extremely seriously as if it's the most important thing that could ever happen in the world and i really really am liking the show and you mentioned it's not gonna get handies joe but if we get a third season of british in this year i'm gonna be fighting for that handy okay we gotta uh, we're gonna have a fight at least i gotta get some some love for the british in there i mean there's a chance you get the right moment you know you get the right category i could see it winning but it's i I was more thinking like show of the year or anything like performance of the year or something like that i feel like but how are you feeling about queen charlotte comparatively to bridgerton is it better worse i feel like i like queen charlotte more so there's like obviously if you haven't watched the show there's you have to i feel like the way you watch the show is you have to watch bridgerton season one bridgerton season two and then queen charlotte because there's things in queen charlotte where queen charlotte it's mostly her younger but queen charlotte appears throughout season one and season two of bridgerton and there's just storylines and stuff where it shows her in quote-unquote present day as in bridgerton timeline but also mostly shows her younger where i feel like all of those present day story arcs or storylines or that story is just going to be confusing and make no sense so i feel like you definitely have to watch bridgerton first um but yeah, I would say overall I like Queen Charlotte better, and I feel like Bridgerton season two is better than Bridgerton season one. So honestly, it's just getting better every every subsequent season is better than the one before it. I can't wait, Joe. We're gonna get to season three, and you're gonna be saying, "Look, best show of the year. Give it the handy. We're gonna be here giving the praises, Joe. Let's make it last. We gotta get to season three of Bridgerton somehow. I wonder if that's startup production. I'm imagining that's also in the in the halt phase right now, but who knows." Yeah. did you have were you have any thoughts uh, I, I don't want to spoil it here because we are recommending the show uh any correct assumptions on who lady whistledown was i eventually made it did figure it out by the end of the or by the point that it was revealed i kind of knew who it was going to be but i definitely was along for the ride on some of the like red herrings of oh it's definitely this person that's where it's gonna be this person and then i i swear i by the time they got to me i i was I was kind of on there, onto the game a little bit, but I was—I had a little bit of a gasp. But, you know, they gagged me a bit. I won't lie. As soon as I, as soon as they revealed who it was, I'm like, oh, this is obvious, and I feel stupid. Yes, that was it. I, you know, that's part of the feeling too. I feel like it's a good twist, and I'm glad they didn't drag that out to like the last episode because that oh, would have yeah. kind of become ridiculous. Uh, that's, I was saying to my fiance, like, right as they revealed, right as they revealed this, I'm like, if this is a thing that lasts the whole show, I'm gonna be sick of it because I'm just at the point where I'm annoyed by this. Where just tell me, and like they literally just revealed it as I w- was saying that. And it was one of those things where you think. Uh, if they reveal it, does it take the steam out of it? You know, but I feel like once they revealed it, it almost like added to the drama in such a interesting way, where all of a sudden you care about that character's flight more than you did before, and you care about her relationships to the characters in a much different way than you did before. So yeah, I can't wait to see season three. Yeah, I hope yeah. it's great. But yeah, if and if you haven't watched it, um, Lady Whistledown is kind of this uh, gossiper in. In the, a gossip girl, if you will. Yeah, gossiper in the area, in like this high society group, and basically acts as the narrator of the show. And the the lady Whistledown is voiced by Julie Andrews, so kind of cool. Yeah, that was my comparison to Gossip Girl because in Gossip Girl there was also an unknown gossiper who narrates the show that knows everything about the characters, but who is it? Who knows? Yeah, it's it's Pat Badgley. Um, I haven't even watched the show, and I knew that. And but the main story, the big story, uh, Netflix, no more password sharing. Um, essentially, uh, they revealed that they will begin charging an extra seven dollars for users outside of your IP address. And customers with the standard account, fifteen fifty a month, can only add one additional user. People with the top tier four K account can add two. And my question is more like, I feel like for the average person, it makes sense. Like I understand. they're a service that everyone has but somehow they're losing money so i i get i don't fault them for what they're doing because it makes sense 
and I feel like, okay, you stay in one spot, but, like, what about military families? Like, if they have to move, is there a way on their account that they're like, hey, I moved, and yes, I move every six months or every year? Or is it basically like, oh, yeah, if you're in that situation where you move, you basically have to, like, deactivate your Netflix account and recreate a Netflix account? I know in the press release that they did say there was some kind of way to adjust for moving, you know, because you're going to have to reactivate your account because Hulu at some point cracked down on this and they would check it by your IP. So if you log in too many times at a new IP address, they're going to say, is this your home account? Yes yeah. or no. You know, yeah. and yeah, that's they'll say yes Hulu. and kind of switch it over. So I'm assuming Netflix yeah. will do like a similar thing like that. But yeah, this is something they've been talking about for so long mm -hmm. and now they're actually cracking down and doing it. I think they're going to be the first of men to do it. I don't think uh, people are going to be wanting to share passwords for everything for a long time. So I think a lot of these studios are going to be watching what happens at Netflix here and deciding for the for their platform too. Like, are we going to be starting to crack down on this? Because, yeah, it's not sustainable if you're just sharing accounts to everyone, you know, and I understand Netflix's mindset, but it's definitely going to hurt, I think, their user base for a second. When you look at how it affected other countries, they definitely had a huge cancellation drop off at first, Dude. but then it kind of popped back up again. People eventually were like, you know what, fine. I'll sign up and I'll figure it out or I'll do the seven ninety nine for one of my friends or my, you know, my mom or whatever. And they kind of seem, seem to be going back up again. So I'm wondering if this goes well here, but it was inevitable. That doesn't mean it doesn't suck. I wish there wasn't all these caveats of like, well, if you have this account, you have this many users. And you know, if you have this account, you have this many. Because I feel like that's just another level of confusion that's going to make somebody say, well, you know what, screw it. I don't need Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, like so how does it work like if i'm have netflix on my phone like if i pay for netflix right i have netflix at my house and i sign in on my phone but i go to my work and i'm like on my work's wi-fi is it just going to be like oh you can't watch netflix here i think you have to come back to your home ip address within a certain amount of time to essentially re-register your device oh, okay. as being part of that home, so home basically, network or whatever if i watch it at work or not that i i have the time to watch netflix at my work but i assume some people do like they have netflix maybe on their if they just do like data entry or something they watch netflix on their tablet or their phone at work but it makes sense that if you're only gone like eight ten hours that you'll be fine yeah we'll see how this rolls out because they've announced stuff and then backed out again they announced stuff and backed out again so i wonder if any of this mm -hmm. stuff will change in the next 48 hours but as of now are you going to be doing the seven bucks or what's what's the, what's your plan Joe? i don't know because i think my future mother-in-law pays for netflix and we have it through her so i don't really know what we're doing yeah we're gonna have to figure that out too because i also share my password for netflix with my family and i feel like we're gonna have to maybe i don't know make a new account and split it or something i don't know what we'll have to we'll have to figure it out if we want to keep netflix because to be honest this level of a hoop to jump through makes me not sure if i even want to bother because when we do this show i feel like the platform i'm digging through the most is netflix because netflix just does not seem to be dropping a lot of stuff that's in my demographic of enjoying, you know, and it's a lot of stuff that is not really for me and stuff that I don't really end up being engaged with. And I feel like every time I open up Netflix, I spend an hour going through find, trying to find something to watch. Then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to swap to HBO or I'm just going to swap to anything else <laughs> that I at least know what it has and where it's at, you know? So maybe I end up not having Netflix for a while. Netflix's algorithm, like their UI sucks. Cause it'll be like, you'll go and it'll be like recommended for you. And you'll be like, mm, I don't really care for any of this. And then I wish it would allow you to be like, hey, just don't ever recommend. I'm not going to watch this. I don't want to watch this. I have no desire to watch this. If I search for it, allow it to pop up. But otherwise, never stop just recommending this. it to me. Yeah, <laughs> stop recommending it to me. And then, but it'll be unrecommended for you. And then you'll go down to like the next category, like action and adventure movies. And it'll be everything that was recommended to you that fits that category, plus the same movies. And it just feels like, no matter what category it says it is, it's just whatever batch of the same 30 things makes the most sense. Yeah, I don't understand Netflix's layout either. You know, they have so many movies, but it feels like they want you to feel like they have 50, you know, because they're just showing me the same stuff. Yeah. And it's like, if I was going to watch that by now, I promise you I would have watched it. You've been recommending me that movie for five years, and I have not once had play on it. You know, maybe just stop putting it in there. Replace it with something that I might actually click on. Yeah. It's not working. Yeah, replace it with something. I'm more likely to click on something I've never heard of than you recommending me, like, The Hangover. Like, I know what that is. You don't need to put it in every category, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Yeah, it's, it's HBO Max's new app definitely feels 
like a copy of Netflix, and I wonder why they copied the worst of all of the apps, you know, yeah. <laughs> in terms of, like, user interface. Yep. All right. Uh, getting close to the end. That pretty much covers all of the streaming services. Tristan, we have one final topic, really, and I don't know how we're going to pick, and that is our MVP of the week. Because it kind of just seemed like we were negative and we're like, this app sucks, this app sucks, this app sucks. So, what do you, do you have any thoughts on picking our MVP this week? I'm conflicted here, Joe, because I feel like next week there's going to be a battle for MVPs, right? We're going to have, I'm going to be here trying to argue Barry on one side of my shoulder. I'm going to have succession. On the other side of my shoulder, I'm going to be like, who am I fighting for right now? You know, I'm almost tempted to try and give one of those the win a week early, you know, for maybe a good setup episode. So uh, I've debated on succession. Uh, the, the Culkin brother of succession, he gave an all-time level of performance this week uh, at a funeral episode for a major character in succession. And it kind of like finally get the char- that character like break and open. And you saw something in that performance that you had been like seeing in just barely behind his eyes for this entirety of the series and now finally like breaking in to uh the humanity of of the character so for me i'm giving a a, a win here to uh not to succession but i'm going to go to uh the cast member of succession Karen who Falcon. i can't yeah because um, he i'm i'm probably next week going to be going for somebody else or someone in the, i don't know next week's going to be a hard mvp this week it felt like we were all news and a lot of negative stuff so I'm going to pick out someone who had a great performance this week and uh, may get, end up getting a little bit overlooked into the and as we go into the finale and the awards seasons and stuff like that. I hope that he can be someone, uh, Kieran Culkin can be someone who still is in that conversation while he's fighting, you know, Brian Cox and some of the all-time incredible performances that are in the show. All right, so our MVP for the week of May 24th is Kieran Culkin on succession so congrats to him kieran culkin our mvp of the week really our mvp of the last two weeks um great for him and i always end this thing with a question for tristan and i just realized what my question will be so we have the young indiana jones chronicles coming to disney plus a show i've wanted to watch for a long time but it's really been hard to find streaming anywhere and we also have a home improvement show i've you know, haven't watched in a long time. I've been looking for on streaming for a while, uh, coming to Disney Plus as well. So, Tristan, is there a show that's maybe from your past that you would like to see again uh, on streaming service somewhere? Look, uh, uh, the thing is that once Disney Plus dropped, a lot of my my all-time classics kind of popped up on there, you know. But I would love this, you know, feel the feel of the future. I watched that a lot when I was a kid. I wonder if that's out there anywhere i'm sure it is somewhere you know that's we're in the streaming area where if i type something in, it's going to show up you know it's going to show up on some hole in the wall thing maybe somewhere but uh yeah i'm actually at a loss for that joke because a lot of my childhood tv shows have have finally been delivered to me you know what i uh really would really appreciate the blu-ray release this uh this year the max uh the classic Fleischer cartoons, Superman cartoons, you know, really great HD streaming release for those. I would love to get like a high quality, you know, top of the line Blu-ray uh, streaming release for for those cartoons because that's one that I watched a lot as a kid. It's around, you know, Joe just broke his copy, unfortunately, but uh, I would love to be able to watch some great high quality copies of of those cartoons that Joe is holding right in his hands right now. Uh, he's holding a classic copy of the Fletcher cartoons it was just this year a 4k remaster that I would love to see that released on HBO Max somewhere or whatever platform they want to put it on all right so I looked it up while you were talking Phil of the Future is on Disney Plus but the Disney Channel original show that isn't on Disney Plus that I would like is the Jersey a show about a group of high school kids where one of them finds their grandfather's jersey and putting it on lets them turn into whatever big athlete of that episode uh it was right around the time where disney bought espn and so it was a lot of dis you know disney channel espn crossover a lot of big time athletes of the time curious why it's not on disney plus 
I wonder if it's just because they think, well, it was a show marketed at kids, and now kids today have no idea who any of these athletes are because they've all been retired for 20 years. Maybe, you know, athletes that were on the show have had legal troubles or personal problems that they just don't want to have to worry. Do we not air this episode? Do we not put this episode on? Do we put a kind of a warning label before this episode? And they're just, we're like, you know, we'll just not even put the show on Disney Plus at all. Yeah. That's, Interesting. That, that's my pick is the jersey. I would love to see something like Tales of the Crypt, Tales from the Crypt. You know, I watched that a lot when I was a kid. I don't know if that's streaming anywhere. Some of those late night horror shows like Svengoolie. I watched that. I wonder if you can rewatch some old Svengoolie. But yeah, that'll be that'll be one I would check out for sure. Tales from the Crypt. All right. Yeah, and if you uh if anyone doesn't know, it's a app I use a lot as far as like where streaming and that is uh justwatch.com where you can type in like any movie or any show and it'll show you where it's streaming and tales from the crypt not streaming anywhere so Dang. so uh yeah sorry. What? sorry sorry to burst your bubble one day you know someone's got to pick that up and spinner 58 said the jersey was a good show it was a good show and it needs to be on disney plus and also, I was going to. Whose jersey would you bring in if there was a re, like a reboot? Oh, Who would you want to have? Like, if I mean, pretty much any like top athletes, like LeBron James making an appearance, Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes, like pretty much all the top athletes were on that show. Like around the time of the Olympics, they had Olympians on, and then they had like one of the saddest episodes. So basically, like it's his grandfather's like high school football jersey that he puts on, and it's. And there's one where basically his grandfather was supposed to be like this top quarterback, but then he's supposed to go to college and play quarterback at college and potentially could have went to the NFL or something. But there was a big thunderstorm in a game and he slipped and injured himself and wasn't able to go to college. Um, and so he puts on the jersey because when you basically look at their picture or look at a video of something and that's how you turn into that person or that's how they turn into you or whatever – well, he put on his jersey looking at an old picture of his grandpa and t- went back in time and became his grandpa and finished out the game, didn't get hurt. Uh, but what he didn't know is his grandpa actually never got hurt. Uh, he met his grandmother under the bleachers, and that's when they like fell in love after the game, and he pretended that he got hurt so he wouldn't like leave her and go away from college. And he was never – and the main character was like never born, and it was kind of like uh, – um, it's a wonderful life situation where he sees like what his life and like how his parents turn out if um and how like his friends turn out if him and his dad i guess never existed and he has to go back again and do it as his grandpa did and um kiss his mom kisses well i don't know if he kisses i think he like takes the jersey off kind of like right before it's been like 15 (laughs) years since i watched the episode but i think he like takes the jersey off like right before kind of that situation happens I'll definitely be watching that show when it comes down streaming. Well, it's Disney Plus has been around for four years, and the jersey's nowhere to be found. So I, I, I think I've when Disney Plus was announced, I was like, yes, I get to rewatch the jersey, but it didn't come out, and <laughs> uh, I've been watched so weird. Uh, but we've gone on this topic long enough. Uh, put the jersey on Disney Plus. That's my new campaign. I'm gonna end every episode with that. Put the jersey on Disney Plus. Uh, without further ado. Unless, Tristan, you got anything else? Nothing else. Just put the jersey in Disney Plus.